0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We're glad you can join us. We're always glad you can join us. Uh, you have Yeah, definitely. You've finally done it, though. You've buried us in Facebook questions. I mean, good ones. <laughs> good ones here. Yeah. You keep doing it. we got a whole... <laughs> I'm complimenting everybody. They're creative. Yeah. They're interesting. They make us think. I like this stuff. Have you noticed...
1: We, we've almost got a whole podcast of just Facebook questions. And so one of you out there is going, well, okay, do a third podcast a week that's just Facebook questions. I will never sleep. That's what will happen. There will be a lack yeah. of sleep going on. We have so much going on right now. In fact, I want to speak to that real quickly. One little bit of show business. This is a Tuesday when we're releasing this podcast. And as, you, as you've as you noticed, the last few weeks we've gone to two podcasts a week. They are released on Tuesdays and Fridays except for this week. I will fully acknowledge this is our only podcast this week. We are ramping up to shoot our big feature film the rest of this week and into the weekend and with prep and stuff. It's just Honestly, that podcast isn't going to happen. So uh, we are only doing one this week. We genuinely apologize. We'll be back to regular programming of two a week uh, starting next week. But this Tuesday is it.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Thanks for uh, the understanding, everybody. But, yeah, we just need the uh, the extra daylight to keep shooting. And speaking of which, we are recording this on the longest day of 2016. So summer solstice is, summer solstice is today. I mumbled through that one. But uh, yeah, (laughs) uh, I—it's just—it's beautiful here. So uh, glad you can join us again. It's It's awesome. And uh, we have covered debates for realtors before, but I thought we would revisit (laughs) this with Chris, who is writing from San Francisco, has a Mm -hmm. litany of Mm -hmm. cars. He's got a huge car history. Single dad. He's got an 11-year-old, and he is Mr. BMW. So he is. uh, Yeah, lots of BMWs in his life, and current cars as well, and gosh, huge huge email here, but it's great, because the detail here, I mean, take notes from uh, from Chris here, he's giving us lots of detail, the, the budget, what he wants to do with the cars, he's being really specific, but he's asking... I'm not super into the VW, the American cars, Corvettes, and Panameras. So, he has tried really
1: hard to take cars out of our equation. This practically has footnotes and an appendix. I mean, this is a detailed email. (laughs)
0: Yeah,
1: Um, yeah. He's he's owned all kinds of stuff. I mean, you've even owned cool stuff like you you had an old '86 GTI, you had an old Turbo MR2, yes, a litany of M3s. Uh, so all kinds of stuff, and as Paul said, you're a realtor. You take clients around now and then, so um, you have to have clients involved in this. But you also have you're a single dad and you're raising an 11 year old, so you, this will have kid duty, no question. So those are the kind of <laughs> this must have real life involved. Luckily, you have an F-150 you will be keeping,
0: yeah. but you've
1: yeah. got to drive clients around, and you still you know, thank, thankfully you're keeping the F-150 because you you want to go mountain biking and stuff. But you want to do like long road trips and maybe some autocrossing and some genuine fun driving, and then oh by the way, it has to haul clients too, which is a tough double duty. And then it gets harder because you have thirty grand.
0: <laughs> we will, we will dice this up. I guarantee you. I mean, it sounds interesting and cool to strap your clients into a four or five point harness. But believe me, when you're looking at houses, you're probably going to want something a bit more comfortable. So we do have some (laughs) suggestions for you, Chris. And we've also got Rondale in very much a contrast. It's probably one of the shortest debates ever. Shortest, just (laughs) concise to the point. He lives in Atlanta, Georgia, has a 2016 Mustang, the V6, and a 2015 Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited. So very similar to mine. And he's kind of wondering, he's got an even larger budget here. Likes blue, wondering on upgrading to a GT Mustang, but kind of sniffing around. Kind of, I think you're poking your head up, you know, maybe out of the sand and going, "Huh, what else is out there?" You know, maybe yeah, I'd like a salad yeah. today or something. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> I feel like a salad, like preferably a, salad. a blue salad. Apparently, <laughs> what else yeah. is out there? <laughs> Anyway, we, we definitely
1: should cover those. Before we do, we want to remind you again about the adventures tab we have for our pilgrimage adventure going to Germany and Belgium. That is driving the ring and driving spa. We had an interesting question that came through today, and I want to acknowledge it right up front. Uh, Nick wrote to us, and he asked, he asked the question because we, we want to take 12 of you. We need eight of you to go. Okay, so we're actually a good distance toward that eight, but we still need more of you. Now, I want to say two things. First off, end of September is coming sooner than you think. So you're thinking, ah, it's a long way away. No, go ahead and sign up now. However, if for some reason we don't get our eight, those of you that have put your money in will get refunds. I don't think that's the way that's going to go. But Nick just asked that question uh, theoretically. He's like, what happens if you don't? Well, I mean. We'll give you your money back, of course. Oh, but, of course. Uh, that was the thing. We, we have that coming. And then, of course, there's Chicago Track Day, August 22nd. That's a Monday. That's coming up as well. Some of you are signing up. Thank you. We're excited about that. Um, then we have another cool shoot coming up that relates to our long-term cars. And I have a long-term car question and story, too. But uh, tell us about the long-term shoot we have happening,
0: Paul. <laughs> we do. Uh, if you watch the Twitter feed, a, uh, an M2 showed up today. The kind folks at BMW and uh, our press fleet delivery folks out of Denver, as a matter of fact, shipped a new BMW M2 to us, and that will be reviewed against my Cayman GTS. So it's, yes, it will. It's actually kind of weird to think that my garage is now packed full of the cars that I have chosen, even though that M2 is not mine. It's a press car, well, but it does represent yeah. kind of what's on the horizon and i have not it's, been in it it's saturday as i, <laughs> I mean know, this I is going to sound crazy but it got delivered and it was parked i had so much to do today and just getting ready for stuff yeah yeah I, yeah i'm looking out there going <sighs> But we'll get there. Well,
1: it's, it's like we're going to do a video version of your personal car debate that we, we ran through the mud here on the podcast. You have your GTS. Now, for a short time, we will have an M2. We're going to put them together and talk about it. And, you know, you and I were talking earlier about the fact that while they might not seem direct competitors initially, they are kind of the same flavor from their respective brands. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're yeah. not the big boy but yet it's the souped-up version of one of the smaller cars from that manufacturer. I mean, it's, it's an interesting pairing. And of course, also, let's be honest, you're cross-shopping them, so that exists. Yep. So I can't wait yep. to put those cars together.
0: That's going to be a cool shoot coming up soon. And they're both blue and very similar. And I'm just, <laughs> it's weird to have them in the garage and go, huh.
1: That is strange.
0: But I haven't driven yeah. the M2 yet. I mean, as of right now, <laughs> that will change as of, yeah, well, very absolutely. soon, very soon. Yeah. But uh, yeah. in the meantime, your car, your your FRS has been kind of acting yes, up my again FRS. lately, right?
1: Well, it has. I mean, this is this is the bummer. I mean, I, I really like this car, and I have a story in a minute for how much my son likes this car. But I really <laughs> do like this car a lot, and I've come and and I don't think I've told you one of these things, Paul. I've come to a couple of realizations. One, um, there was something back when I had my Nissan 300ZX that I pondered a couple times, and that is you know it's a sports car and it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a less expensive sports car and so that means the number one thing it doesn't have is a lot of sound deadening okay so forget the exhaust change that we made for a second the frs is a loud car stock i mean just the tires over the pavement are loud right and so right. i was looking this up because back when i had my 300zx i considered on that car as well of course it had t-tops and stuff i considered would it be interesting to put any more sound deadening in this car and i ended up not going that route but i considered it and then I thought this FRS could benefit from that too and since it's a long term car wouldn't it be kind of cool to actually cover that a bit I actually looked it up a bit I don't think I even told you this Paul the the FRS those back seats where my son sits mm-hmm. you take those back seats out it's bare metal I mean, there's a lot of places in the uh, car where there's no sound deadening at all. Oh, when you fold and them down, makes,
0: and it reveals. No, the I, no, I'm saying if you actually
1: take if you actually take them out, if you actually take not not the fold down back part. I'm saying that the actual seat part. If I unbolt oh, that seat and yeah. lift it out, it's bare metal under there. There's nothing under there. Oh, well, that's where they uh, saved money. You know, clearly, exactly, exactly right. That's why the car is is less expensive. That's why it's louder. That's why it's lighter. Now, I found some guy online that did the full treatment of this car and added like a hundred and fifty pounds worth of sound deadening and he stripped out everything and he started over and he did the headliner and i don't want to do any of that wow wow yeah don't want to do that uh but i mean granted at at 2700 pounds 150 pounds on one level is a lot but it's still a light car but i'm hoping to do just major things like i want to do that that back seat under those back seats i want to hit all four wheel wells just something to cut it down a bit and see what the difference is i'm just curious more than anything seems like a good car to do it on but i had to take it back to the shop today for the gas tank. And if you followed along, really? I had a gas tank filling problem. Yeah, uh. I had a gas tank filling problem that got steadily worse and worse in the first three or four months I owned the car, to the right. point that I couldn't put gas in it faster than about what you would be able to get through a straw. Now, imagine trying to get that from a gas pump. I mean, there almost isn't a setting where you can pull the trigger enough to get the trickle that I need without it kicking back. <laughs> yeah. And no they kidding. actually yeah, – it's, it's ridiculous. So this was eight months ago. And it was under warranty, and in order to fix it, they had to replace the gas tank because they told me at the time it was the vent on the gas tank had gotten clogged and wasn't working anymore, and they had to take the whole tank out, which meant actually dropping the back end to get to the tank, put a new tank on. Okay, fine. Worked beautifully. In the last six weeks, it's gone from worked all right to as every bit as bad as it ever was. Eight months later. And that was so warranty work,
0: up, right? That was all. All that under was warranty, warranty.
1: work. Right. Absolutely. Right. So I called up my I called up my contact over at Mark Miller Toyota here in Salt Lake, and I just said, "All right, man, here's what happened." And he just about dropped the phone because huh. what on earth is going on? So it's back for them to address, and you know they better address for free. But anyway, uh, but you know, because eight months later, the exact same problem. Something's going on here, so that's a real bummer. But. I have a story that you know my son Paul and I, I have to yeah. tell the story. It's it's one of those hysterical fathering moments. You know, yesterday was Father's Day and we're recording this and actually had a really good day with my son, which was cool. And he good. loves that FRS. Good. We took it down to the <laughs> It's Bueller the
0: night. fastest car on the planet, by the way it is as
1: far as he as far as he's concerned it's hysterical he's <laughs> he's driven he, he's ridden in your
0: GTS and he told
1: me after the fact he thinks it might be a little faster i'm
0: like look i laughed three my, times we did I laughed miles myself an hour. into
1: a stupor when that happened i just couldn't <laughs> believe he thought that but he he loves that FRS <laughs> and i didn't realize how much until tonight my wife followed me down we drove down we we put it through into the, the service area we we turned it in and he asked me, how long are they going to have it? And I said, well, they're going to have it for a few days, buddy, maybe till the end of the week. And he got really somber. And I said, what's going on, bud? He's like, well, I mean, Dad, I, I don't want to leave it. I was like, buddy, they're going to work on it. I'm not kidding you when I say this, Paul, and all of you listening. <laughs> I, I, it was one of those parenting moments. It was one of those parenting moments. Wait, wait, it, it gets better or worse, depending. It was one of those parenting moments that you are so torn because it is simultaneously very sweet and innocent and then at the same time, so completely absurd and ridiculous that your, your adult brain is having this, this, this gear-grinding moment going, how do I respond to this? He literally laid his hand on the back of the taillight.
0: Are you serious? Like
1: he, like he was wishing it goodbye. What? And then when we actually left and I handed the service guy the keys, he started crying. <laughs> and I said, buddy. Oh, my gosh. We're not getting rid of it. They're just working on it. He's like, yeah, but... And and here's here's the ridiculous first world white boy problems that he has. He's weeping while we climb into our Porsche Cayenne (laughs) about how I don't want to leave that car here. It's so fun. I'm like, you haven't seen a problem. Your life has not encountered a problem yet. Oh, my god! So he is genuinely crying and sad about the fact that we left the FRS for service. My wife looked at me and said, apparently you can never sell that car. So, you know, but, I mean, it was the sweetest thing on the planet (laughs) and also the most ridiculous that my son was weeping at the thought of leaving the FRS with someone else for a few days. But it is in the shop, and hopefully they will figure out this fuel issue for real this time.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, he's got a sensitive little heart. And, you know, on one hand, we think, well, it's just a thing. But I can see he's connecting the emotional and the fun that you guys have in it to you know what's wrong with the car and is it going to affect yeah, the he is. the fun that you two have so i can he see is. that it's, but we're going it's a car what you know
1: it's incredibly sweet and also unbelievably ridiculous all rolled into one wow. it really is it was one of those very sweet parenting moments where i just thought this is happening right now i can't uh, believe this is happening and and i and i melting, i also thought about the fact that I, <laughs> I never yeah you you yeah the relationship wow. you have with my son it would it would wreck you but um else thought about the fact that, oh my gosh, I'm affecting this kid. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, my dad didn't own one, well, the Jag being an exception, but my dad didn't own one single car that even kind of turned my head, let alone I would have <laughs> cried over it. So anyway, here he is at almost seven weeping over the FRS going into the shop like it's a member of the family that he loves. That's awesome, but it's also hysterical. So there you go.
0: Well, maybe it'll be his first car and Nine years, <laughs> holy cow! Sorry, I'm not oh going to do God. that to you. Stop. I'm not going to do. I'll stop. No, no,
1: we will have to move on. We will have to move on. I just was just trying to car do car some something.
0: math there and going, Ugh,
1: yeah, you're not. That gonna doesn't like end me. up in my favor. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: So, uh, should we do a car debate? Maybe we should dive in. We should. Uh, this is this is the long one. I warned everybody. I told you it's a novel and a half. I mean, he is rivaling mm-hmm. you for for vast reams of. I mean. Letters were on sale at Walmart. They had a sale. (laughs) And he dumped them into his laptop, and out came this. No, Chris, this was amazing and very descriptive. We loved how much you talked about your history, your background, your plans Mm -hmm. for getting the new car, preferences, and the cars you're considering. I mean, this is the outline, people. These are the categories. He did really well. He did really well. Within each one, brilliantly written, very nice. You took the time to do it, so thank you for that. Again, <clears throat> take notes, everybody. No, this is uh, this is really great. But the funniest thing is up front is um, our job, and that's the the thing that Todd and I have taken on to save the world <laughs> from a slow death of Camry and Prius drivers. So that's uh, that's our mission in life. That's what we're here that, to do. Yeah,
1: that was that was the way you coined our show, and I, I like that. That's a decent <laughs> that's, that's a decent subtitle for the show. Yeah, saving the world from that slow death. That's good. Uh, you've had, as we said before, you've had a ton of BMWs. You also had a GTI and MR2 Turbo. Uh, you even had a uh, Porsche 996 so that's the uh, the 1999 911 uh, and uh, you know M3's is Ford F-150 you still have your current M3 is a 2002 that's the E46 M3 has about hundred and forty thousand miles on it so it's just you like it but it's getting old so you're shopping keeping the F-150 Here's where this gets really difficult. I mean, you and I were talking about this briefly earlier, Paul. We didn't get anywhere, so now we got to try (laughs) to. You have about 30 grand to spend total, okay? And you said, I want to get at least one car, but maybe even two cars for that 30 grand. And it sounds like 30 grand even feels like a stretch to you, so you're very cautious about going over that. You want to get something used, okay, great. You'll keep the F 150 for the biking and the hauling stuff, that's cool. But like I said before, the conundrum here is it's got to do kid duty, it's got to do client duty, and then you want to have it do fun drives on Highway 1 at autocross and track duty. That gets hard. That gets really hard.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm rereading things and looking back over things. And I'm trying to craft this scenario in my mind about the way you could approach this, Chris. Because, uh, yeah, as Todd said, you know, 30 grand for you know doing all this that you need it to do, which is life. this is life. I get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In yep. other news, everybody, Chris is looking to sell his 2002 BMW M3 with 138 thousand miles on it. If you'd <laughs> like to buy it, please contact yep. us. Excellent. So, Very well done. I, I kept coming back to really just one scenario, and it is that you suggest getting uh, the E92 M3. With manual transmission, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. trying to find one for around thirty k. Yes. Hard. Hard yes, 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 yes. Hard to do, but I love that. I love, you know, mm-hmm. getting back into that'll be the fourth generation of M3 that you've had.
1: Yeah, seriously.
0: It does all those things so well. But I'm wondering out loud, and I want to kind of wonder alongside you here, and that is leasing. And we have mm. talked to other mm. realtors who, because of their demands, because... Trading cars often keeps them kind of, you know, the latest technology, very comfortable, you know, very stylish and classy, sort of, you know, the the forefront of car fashion, essentially, if you will.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And I I bet you, I'm, I'm willing to put this out there, and that is, realtors more so than anybody, the car that they drive, they're probably judged more by the car they drive than anybody, because of their business for
1: sure. Yeah, because
0: yeah. you're you're inviting your customers your clients into your car into your life and your world with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's got to do, you know, life, it's got to be interesting and fun and fast. It's got to say something about you. People aren't just observing you. They're joining you in this car. That's a good point. Yeah. So I think all right, 30 grand, 30 grand. I'm I'm I, my head is leaning over here towards Cadillac. The ATS V, a V mm. series Cadillac. Something okay. Man, yeah, yeah. that is yeah. I see that it's it's smaller. It's kind of like the three series. It's kind of like Cadillac does the three or the four, maybe somewhere in there. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And these
0: V series cars are hot. We like it on the they track. They really are,
1: absolutely. Yeah.
0: I mean, gobs of power, amenities galore. They still have some a little bit of racetrack spice in them. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking lease. I'm thinking, could you go lease a brand new one? And hang like on to that, that thirty grand that. in cash because the thing that Chris writes to us is that dropping this much money is hard because he's never spent more than thirteen thousand two hundred dollars on a car.
1: <laughs> he kept track, clearly, yes.
0: Well, if you lease and you're a real estate broker, is that now a write off? Could you write off the yes. payments yes, for this it would car? Be.
1: I'm sure it could be.
0: So it's benefiting your business. You're into something new and fresh and different. And guess what? Mm-hmm. It's going to go away in two years. And you can get the high yeah. mileage lease. You know because of the the, um, uh, you know how much um, commuting you're doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And hang on to that thirty grand. Hang on to that nut. And then since you've never spent more than thirteen grand, give yourself that budget again. And go shopping with the thought in mind, mm. just mm. like I suggested to Todd, that in four years, your 11-year-old's going to need a car.
1: Yeah, yeah, I fair point. I'm fair sorry point. to
0: bring this up once again, but if you get, <laughs> uh, Fiesta STs but, are on sale for thirteen five or 13900 Yeah, that's 9. a fair point. Yeah. So could you go get a Fiesta ST? That's your fun car. That's your track day. That's your autocross. That's your just beat-on, fun little sport car. Yeah. And well, then, at that point...
1: You've got to say Miata too. I mean, it's well, in Miata's you in there. get a Miata all day long. Yeah.
0: Yep. I don't know if you could get into an FRS. I just don't know if you could do that for that not, price point. Not yet. quite
1: yet. Not quite yet.
0: No. Um, but anyway, thanks for hearing me out, Chris. Just give that some thought. Just because, therefore, you're hanging on to some of that cash, you're not going and plunking mm-hmm. down thirty grand, and there it goes buy. Hang on to some of that money, and then go shopping with the fun car with an eye towards the future of. Your 11-year-old yeah. is going to be driving at some point, and maybe that Miata or well, Fiesta ST is their first car.
1: Just yeah, a we've, thought. We've said all day long that those cars I, – I would I would actually put a 16-year-old in a Miata. The Fiesta ST is sure. quite a little hot rod and might get them in trouble, but it's still yeah. not overly powerful. But the Miata, I mean, yeah, it's, it, that teaches you about dynamics like crazy. Uh, that's cool I hadn't thought about the lease option I have a uh, a wild card that I'm almost going to land on as a as a sniper shot here okay. for, for Chris but I, right. I wanted to run through the things he's considered and thrown out for whatever reason right now so that the obvious ones that we don't mention are covered he said he loves that E92 M3 again we said that's hard to find in a stick for under 30 grand he actually really likes the FRS BRZ but of course this is not a car you take clients around in No. he likes no. it for the fun driving part yes you could get one all day long doesn't work for the client part i do like your lease idea a lot he likes the 997.2 that is the 911 from uh, 2005 to roughly 2012 that's the 997 the 0.2 is like what is it 0, 09 or 10 to 12 i don't know Somewhere in it's there. that second yeah. it's that it's that refresh either way the 997s be great you could probably get a get one for 30 grand but again that's not really a client car and you're worried about maintenance g37 sedan you drove it and went it's fine,
0: mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we're not
1: trying to get you into fine. You know, you have that M three you already like. You liked to upgrading to something else. Great. You did say yeah. Cayman. Thank you for saying it. But guess what? The Cayman is the same problem as that FRS, even though it's a nicer car. You don't like the Lexus IS. You don't like the lesser BMWs. You keep leaning M three. So then you say the big problem, which is. Maybe you should get an M3 and an FRS so you have the nice client car, and then you have uh, uh, the fun car, and then you realize that's fifty grand to do both. Yeah. So, yeah, Chris, I'm going to say it to you. If you're not going to spend fifty grand, we have ourselves a conundrum. But I have a thought for you. Okay. Your concern is you really – I read this whole list. I read your whole history, Chris, and I see that what you really want here, you're talking around it, you want that E92, but you don't think for thirty grand you can get the one you want, so I've solved your problem. Mm. Don't get the E92 M3. Get yourself the E92 335 IS. That is Ooh. the M's, kind of some M tuning in that car. Okay? It is coupe. We drove it and loved it. You can get them for stick for under thirty grand. Yes, you can. That is the turbo engine that they also used in that generation Z4, and they also used it in the 1M. It is the same BMW Mm -hmm. turbo engine, unless somebody decides to correct me, but I'm pretty sure that's what that is. It has significantly more torque than the E92 M3. It doesn't have that V8 uh, interesting engine, but that car would be perfectly good for clients. It has far more torque in kind of a daily use world than that uh, M3 version. You can get it for far cheaper. It will be dynamic and fun on Highway One or in an autocross, but yet it's clients all day long. I think I'm, I'm going to say that and stop right there. 335 is
0: Chris. Do that. Wow, good for you. I actually forgot about that car, and it's the the differentiator is power, and. A few trim bits and bobs. That's it. They mm-hmm. blacked out the, mm-hmm. the, the trim strips. The, the grill slats the mirrors, are blacked yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, the, the rear uh, fascia and the um, exhaust pipes are also just blacked yep. out. So yep. just a tiny, tiny differentiator thing. It's all about the power difference that could really make it. That's pretty cool. But then, are yeah, you saying also get the the FRS or is that the do it all? No, car? I'm
1: saying stop. I'm saying stop there for That's right now. That's the do it all. I think with this thirty, I think with this thirty grand, he can do that and love it, and he can solve the. I mean, he wants the E92. That's what's clear to me here. But the E92s he wants, he can't get for thirty grand. Get the three thirty five is, and then I submit this to you, Chris. Get the three thirty five is and have that car for six months to a year, and maybe you'll have enough put aside that you could get yourself like a Miata or a first-gen Boxster or something that you can consider more of a throwaway dedicated track car sure. and go that route then. But I think that 335iS will be incredibly fun in all situations, usable in all situations. I think it gets it done.
0: Oh, definitely, definitely. And it sounds a little bit different as well. I think they tuned, mm-hmm. somebody will also correct me, the, the exhaust tuning on that car, it just it it sounds a little bit angrier and it is positioned right between the three thirty five I and middle. the yep. M three. It's it's this yep. not very that, often talked about car. It really isn't. Yeah,
1: and it's that it's that cool engine and I love the wheels on it. I mean I think it's a good looking I never really liked the E ninety two generation styling except for with the M three. Then the three thirty five IS came along and I went Okay, it kind of works for me. Watch our old review of it. I mean, you know, we didn't we didn't say it was the greatest car ever, but honestly, upon review as a used buy, that car climbs in my personal rankings. It's a cool car.
0: Yeah. Yeah, as used and I bet you somebody just kind of puttered around in it. They they don't necessarily drive them like you do in M3. M3 is very focused as mm-hmm. you've done, yeah. you know, Most autocross time, yeah. and you know, some people think track time and all that kind of thing, but uh, people might have just Put it around in it, and you could find one for, yeah, great deal. I, I didn't see that coming. That's that's well done. I like that. I like that. I was thinking but, about it for uh, a
1: while. I just kept getting stuck on his E92 thoughts, and then I went, wait a yeah. minute. There's a way around this problem. So that's where I landed. We should move on to the second one, which is Rondell writing to us from Atlanta. Thank you for writing in. And you wrote, uh, I think it is three sentences. so we're on the other end of the spectrum but you did give us the high points you live in Atlanta you currently own a 2016 Ford Mustang V6 so that is a new one you've got a 2015 Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited that's uh, very similar to Paul's car and you're sitting around going wait a minute I have this V6 Mustang sentence number two is I feel I should upgrade to the Mustang GT but maybe there are other cars I should look at Sentence number three reads, I currently have a budget of 36 to 37 grand and would like something that comes in blue. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's the entire email. So we should dissect this and find Rondale an interesting blue car.
0: I think to, uh, to begin dissecting, begin shaving the thin slice of the onion here, I, uh, I'm wondering <laughs> about the word upgraded. <laughs> Uh, Rondell, you talk about upgrade. And I'm wondering, what do you mean by upgrade? Do you mean power? Do you mean mm. Lux- mm. luxury? A certain feel to it? And what are you going to go do with that? Say you do. Say, yeah, Mustang V6, it's brand new, 2016. Say you upgraded to, to the GT. What about that car is going to be vastly different? And what mm. is it that yeah, you get upgraded? I see that. I'm guessing it's power, and I'm guessing it's just because then you'll own two V8 automobiles. Sure. Worthy. Sure. Admirable. Like it. But yes, we do suggest, just as we suggest to Chris, even though we're kind of steering Chris back to a BMW. I tried with a Cadillac V, but whatever. You did. Um, you did. You branched out a bit. You're trying try. to branch out here. Um, you know, that's definitely something we suggest. I admit to not always taking my own medicine. I am the <coughs> first person yes. to mm-hmm. admit that. Oh I'm, yes. Waving the flag over here, but
1: uh, what what are the what are the water temps in the pool of Porsche tonight? (laughs)
0: Anyway, go on, yeah. Oh, it's warm and bubbly. It's really nice. (laughs) Yikes! Okay, sorry, I
1: went (laughs) down that road. Yeah,
0: we'll keep going. Uh, Thirty six to thirty seven thousand. That's quite a specific price point. But for you, I'm thinking BMW because you doesn't Hmm. sound like you've experienced German cars. Maybe you have, but I'm you know since we're talking about BMW so much and M3s. I'm wondering if you could find something in there as well that would give you an mm. entirely different flavor. I'm, I'm thinking German because here you've got two American cars, and German cars are going to just do something different for you in terms of driving dynamics. They're certainly an sure, upgrade when sure. you go to interior quality, all that stuff. I mean, that Mustang V6, that's also in a lot of rental fleets, we will be perfectly honest. Yeah. So when you say upgrade I kind of I'm guessing power I'm guessing you're getting it yeah. power. It doesn't sound like the interior qualities you know if they're there great if they're not fine but you could go so many directions with this. you could go you know as we you know Evo we could go Evo over here for the all-wheel drive hair on fire kind of thing. that's an upgrade but in a different way or yeah. a BMW3 series or the M3 that's an upgrade in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's kind of what I keep coming back to, and and so I'm, I'm just wondering about uh, the three series, three thirty five is in the same. I, I didn't see that coming, but uh, gosh, they come in blue. You know, they come in blue as well. Yeah, pretty much
1: whatever car you'd like, will you can probably find a blue one. So uh, that's that's less of an issue. Uh, I actually have I have three here. I have three. Because what I feel like you're also doing, Rondale, and, and you know what? I do like your question, Paul, and that is what about the upgrade is intriguing. But but clearly, mm-hmm. he, he's a Mustang guy. He likes Mustangs. Okay, yeah. cool. But you at least have enough self-awareness to go, okay, what else should I be driving? What else should I be looking at? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention three to you that are all in your budget. I didn't go German at all. Mm. but all in your budget, that I think you should go drive all three of these cars and just and, and assess what you think because I think you might be surprised, okay? One I'm going to say to you is the Nissan 370Z. Go drive that car because, okay, you've left muscle cars. It's not a big grumbly V8, but the V6 <laughs> Nissan 370Z compared to a V6 Mustang, very different feel. Sure. And sure. you know, that's going to have a very agile, very interesting feel that will be totally different to the feel of that Mustang. Definitely go drive a 370Z. I think if you're shopping in this world, you should go drive the new Camaro SS. Can you get one for that money? Maybe not, actually now that I ponder it. Are maybe you talking just, new? The the new body style. Maybe I've just left that. Maybe you can't. Pull SS it off. I
0: think that, is in the 50, 55. Well, it's there. certainly
1: in the 40s probably by the time. So maybe that one's out. But you know what isn't out? You need to go drive this, Rondale. Go drive a last generation, that is the C6 Corvette. You're in Mm -hmm. Atlanta, you Mm -hmm. can find them. You could find some deals. I actually just stumbled upon, literally just this minute, stumbled upon buyavet.net. That is an Atlanta-based company, ladies and gentlemen, that sells, guess what, they sell vets. So, I mean, but with your money, mid-30s, you have your choice. Even outside Atlanta, you have your choice of C7 Corvettes. You might be able to find a Grand Sport, if you can, that's the one you want. You could certainly find a Z06, watch your mileage, but that's got that huge 7 liter and is hardcore. So, I think C7 to $37,000? Are,
0: are you serious?
1: No, no no no, C6. I'm sorry. C- did I say sixes. C7? C6. C7 prior was in generation.
0: There. Okay, C6 prior gen.
1: C6 prior gen. Prior gen C6 Corvette. Okay. So, yeah. that
0: yeah, yeah. You have, you have low to mid-30s.
1: You honestly have your choice of C6s. Which one would you like? Go drive a Vette. It is very different, but you can get that car for that money. I think you would thoroughly enjoy it. They are surprisingly usable. The hatch on the, the Corvette is cavernous. So I, I think you have to go drive it. That's my other
0: recommendation. Interesting choices. I, I, uh, I'm intrigued by those, and I really like them. And it just comes down for me to knowing... What he's going to want to do with it is this more of a commute? Agreed. Is this a Agreed. kind of a fun canyon car? Go off into the you know some fun roads, fun twisty roads. Um, that's kind of what I'm thinking. But I, well, I like the he,
1: choices. I, I like thinking them. thinking along those lines. I mean, look, if you're going to commute in it, you're going to want the Grand Sport. If you're going to go drive it for fun, you might want the Z06. Don't commute in the Z06; you'll hate yourself. But go drive a C6 Very Corvette. True. That that's worth it's worth doing for sure.
0: We've had a lot of uh, folks write in about the C6, as a matter of fact, and I've been thinking about mm-hmm. dedicating an entire podcast just to talking around the virtues, and, you know, we haven't driven all the generations, but maybe it'd be worth doing, you know, kind of a, a nod to that on the podcast, just because they are this sort of overlooked, maybe, you know, underappreciated kind we, of you uh, know, bargain over here, maybe? I,
1: I, I'm going to say this because it might prompt all of these people to come out of the woodwork, but... And, in fact, you saw this email, but I don't think I connected the dots for you. There's a guy locally that just bought a really clean, locally here where we are. We're in Park City, so he was in the Salt Lake area somewhere. He just bought a really clean, sent us a, f- a photo of it, C5-Z06. And that gave me a crazy idea. If we could figure out how to get our hands on a C7-Z06, somebody out there has got a C6, we could do c C 5 and 7 z 06s compared I haven't driven all three of those cars that'd be fascinating.
0: And that's very specific too. I mean that is, you know, the mm-hmm. performance, you know, what equates to be the performance bargain. C7 yeah. not quite there yet, but those will come down well, but, in price certainly. But
1: those those C5s are like twenty twenty five grand wow. for a Z06 and the brand new one is 100 grand and a world beater. I think it'd be fascinating to get in those three generations of, of the Z06 and compare them. Because we, we've actually been in a lot of versions of the C6. We've been in the base version of the C7, which is phenomenal.
0: I think it'd be a fun shoot. I'm intrigued by that. And I guess, uh, yeah, I guess put it out to the audience. Because I don't know that we need to go so far back. Everybody knows the history of the Corvette. You know why it exists. You know everything mm-hmm. about it. We don't need to go so far back that it's a retrospective in the Corvette. But now it's got to be just a comparison about, hey, these are modern cars. The C5 is very affordable. So which one Mm -hmm. is for you? And And then the Z06 is on top of that. Yeah. Uh
1: That'd be uh-huh. interesting. It really would. So anyway, that was just striking me as we're talking about this. But hopefully that's helpful to you, Rondell. We should probably move on <laughs> Didn't to Didn't see Facebook that
0: one coming, questions. but, uh, but yeah. that was great.
1: Hey, that, that's what we're here for. You and I actually, we have more fun we don't talk before the podcast. Uh, we should move on to some <laughs> Facebook questions, of which there are many. I should say to you, uh, we are never going to cover all your Facebook questions uh, in one night. And I, I'm sorry. But at the same time, thank you. And if you have a question that we don't cover that you really want to resubmit, we're fine with that. We're just going to keep asking for questions. We're going to keep reading them. Uh, A year from now, it'll be 150 questions a podcast. We still won't get to all of them, but thank you anyway. Uh, We have 20-something tonight, and I found uh, four I really wanted to touch on. I know you had a couple as well. Did you have one you want to start with? Nathaniel. Nathaniel. (laughs) Nate. I love that you picked this one. Okay, good. Okay, go with that.
0: (laughs) We will acknowledge this ever so briefly and then run towards the exit. (laughs) hilarious though well done nate have either of you ever had a single moment of fun in a corolla and i read that and i thought you know every single time we reach for the keys we're optimistic and as soon as you (laughs) twist the key everything goes to hell i mean (laughs) so the answer would be no we're yep. sorry. Okay, moving on.
1: Um, <laughs> you know, we just had a Mustang discussion. I want to touch on Michael Sitter's question because it touches on another thing we've talked about. Somebody wrote us recently and asked about tuning cars and said, uh, you know, we, we don't believe in tuning cars uh, for as little as two grand. I want to clarify my issue with tuning cars, we talked about before, is not as low as two grand. Come on, I've already put two grand apart on my FRS, for God's sakes. The, the, thing, Some the problem that, have been that I given have to with. You
0: though. But yes, yeah,
1: true. Know. But but that's but that's the equivalent of what it would cost. And I th- and I feel like that's okay. The problem that I have with spending a bunch of money on tuning, what we always say is buy yourself the better car. I think the break point is somewhere between 5 and 10 grand. And I think it depends on the car. But sure. between 5 and 10 grand, when once you've put that kind of money into a car, you really are money-wise into a higher class of vehicle. You take an FRS and you put $10,000 into it. What would you have gotten for forty-two grand? I mean, a new FRS is thirty. You put ten grand into it. That's forty thousand dollars. What could you have gotten for forty? I mean, really, that's a different class of vehicle now. Mm-hmm. So I, I do feel like yeah. that—that's that five to ten grand. I'll just land on seven. Seven grand starts to be the place where it's like, should you tune this or should you just buy something better? Michael has a question directly to that. He has a twenty fifteen Mustang GT. He's looked into suspension and engine modifications. That would be equivalent to him going and buying a GT 350, and he says, "Is the GT 350 that good?" I'm gonna to say to you, Michael, if you're gonna do that much to your uh, Mustang GT, just buy the GT
0: 350. hmm Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Um, yeah. What else? Uh, coilovers, exhaust, supercharger. Just buy the GT <laughs> 350.
1: Well, yeah, it, and and yeah. you aren't gonna. No matter what you do to that Mustang GT, it will not have that voodoo engine. It just won't, period. Not going to happen. It's not going to have that crazy flat plane crank monster under the hood. It's never going to happen. So unless you're going to do an engine swap, but at that point, really buy the GT350. But with the the Magne Ride shocks and everything, I just think you buy it from the factory where they did it. There's a warranty with it. If you have that money, I think that's the way to go.
0: Agreed, because you know you're going to get that money back out of it. If you tune it that mm, way, that's a good it point. might be that's just as point. good. That's a but then people might not want they want to do it their own way, just like you want yeah. to do it your own way. So you're not yeah. gonna get that back out of it. And Great point. but if it's if it's stocked from the factory, well, you know, all is you know, it's it's resolved, it's been engineered yeah. that way, you know. So I mean with, yeah, with the
1: tuned version, yeah, that money's just gone. Them. You're right. The money's just gone, and you know we will. We should acknowledge GT three hundred and fifty is ridiculously marked up right now. I mean, I'll be curious to see where they are in six months to a year, because right now that's kind of stupid money that they're adding on for market price adjustment, which is actually just saying I made this up in my office. That's really the translation of that. <laughs> um, so I mean, seriously,
0: that you've got to be kidding me. Somebody brought but their anyway. pet monkey to work, and we had him throw darts at the wall, and we landed on this price. So there you, you know. go.
1: Yeah, anyway, so yeah, that's the the downside of that GT350, but I think, yes, it is that good, and it would be better than trying to build your Mustang GT into one. I don't think that's going to happen
0: as well. Agreed. That ties into J.P. uh, Dudzinski's, his question here, uh, Mm -hmm. also about a GT350, but he asks that uh, I'm sure that... We do. Uh, we remember from living in Los Angeles, there's a lot of showboating. He's talking about the rented <laughs> Ferraris, you know, the uh, Je wagons, the G55s, the Mercedes, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the bikes. Everybody's crying for attention. I've heard it uh, as a side note, I've heard that in New York, people judge you by the shoes you have on and the handbag, the shoulder bag that you have. Whereas in .LA, it's the sunglasses you wear and the car you're driving. So correct me if I'm wrong, but everybody's judging you on the car Mm -hmm. you drive. And so he's asking what car makes the driver the most attractive, and therefore to further that, what's the best go-to date car? And Hmm. while he thinks his imaginary GT350 would be great for dates, he's thinking something Lexified would be a better (laughs) bet. I I love love that you worked that in there.
1: Yes, thank you for lexified in the middle of that. I was reading this and just that it was like a total right hook. Did not expect that coming, but bravo. This
0: is a, this is
1: a cool question. Where did you where did you end up on it?
0: M- multiple thoughts. Um, okay. I've been on dates where the most fun I've had is just a, it. It could be a rental car. It could be a you know the equivalent of a Mazda three or something where you're you're not paying attention to the car. You're just so happy to be together. It just doesn't even matter. But it, it's not about impressing her with you know what you can afford or whatever it is think about it if you're just in a say a WRX or just you know whatever car but you're just so happy to be together and you're just having a great time and then you think you know what yeah we should we should drive up there let's let's drive it we'll take it on that dirt back road and just go have a little adventure together the best car is so- just the one you're in. So
1: you're no? saying with the right girl, the Corolla works. While I want to have the violins whoa, play and say, whoa, "Oh, how whoa, sweet!" Whoa, whoa. While, while I want, while I want to say that say we are Corolla. still talking about
0: L.A. Well, you're saying say, whatever car you have. I'm just kind saying kind we of, are talking I about L.A. Stepped on a gigantic rake right then, but yes, I you did.
1: Yes, you did. Well, maybe I, I not want a want Corolla. I want to make the standard L.A. joke, and that is drive onto a film studio, okay? Because film studios, you can tell where somebody is in the hierarchy of a film studio, because if you're just kind of starting out and you're making a name for yourselves, you have some level of BMW 3 Series. When you start making <laughs> money, the question is, is your car doing family duty or not? Because you you have two major upgrade options. One is you go to the black Range Rover, or you go to the silver Maybe black if you're really cutting edge. 911. Welcome to film <laughs> studios all over. So that's pretty much how that breaks down. If you get you know crazy money, then that's when you buy the G wagon because we're not sure why you have that, but you bought the G wagon, and then you have the random. Yeah, I rolled into my rolls. That that's the really Sheesh. that's the guy that runs the studio or is the star of the movie. But that's the less common one. Generally, it's the three series, the uh, the Range Rover variation and the 911 variation in myriads of colors of silver and black. It's, there's such variety. Um, I'm gonna give you two, JP, and I'm gonna say the thing that works for this LA world, because if you're a car enthusiast, you want a car that actually will do something decent. But LA is a kind of luxury perception world. So what I would say to you is you can actually do okay with Porsches because they have enough of that prestige, but it's not the, they're, but they're also, I know it sounds insane, they're also common enough that they're almost like a three series. It's it's got clout, but it's not oh my gosh, can you believe he has a Porsche. LA tempers that a bit. The other one that's great though is an Aston Martin.
0: You have an Aston Martin. I mean, come wow. on, you can get yourself you a, went, a used you went Lexified like crazy, didn't you?
1: But but you can get a used Vantage for cheap. Now I know Doug DeMuro's got one right now and he's talking about the the expenses. I'm not saying owning it'll be cheap, but my point is people don't get mad at people in an Aston Martin.
0: Astons are just, you know, they're, they're cool cars. <laughs> that's the new tagline. Aston Martin, people won't get angry with you. Come by, Come shopping.
1: It, it doesn't have the perception of a Ferrari. It doesn't have the perception of a Porsche. It's just it has this mystique where that's a sports car, it's a performance car, but you know what? It's also just cool, and you can't hmm. be a jerk. You're in an Aston. That's where I'm going to stay.
0: Well, in an effort to redeem myself here, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs>
1: Whatever car you're in, that, was, that I just was part love one. you so much.
0: Well, that was part one. That was part one of the, uh-huh. the, the answer. Part two is uh, if you're in a performance car that is pretty hot and you, know, you want to kind of show off a little bit, I would say get her permission before you do instead of just suddenly trying to show off Agreed. and throw her around. I don't think she'll appreciate that very well, and I actually – Have done that. And she said it was cool, but I kind of got the idea it wasn't cool. So, uh, and that was in a Porsche. So I just kind of got the whoops, that wasn't too cool because I was trying to show off and hey, look at this great car. And she was just trying to enjoy the lexifyingness of it all. She was just over there purring at the heated seats and the buttons and the leather and the whatever. Enjoying the
1: lexification. That's an interesting point. You you, you have to know your audience. That's true. That's very true
0: or whatever it is. Wow, but, stop uh, it, please stop, let, she, let it go. Lexiquacity, no, nobody's it's, ever it's, said that word before.
1: It's really it's really not getting better, ever. we should leave. Yeah. But
0: you know, generally speaking, when you're valeting something, she's gonna wanna get into something flashy, but smooth, comfortable, and just kind of mm-hmm. purr around, and just, <laughs> yeah, have a nice conversation. So don't stand just on it at the light. purr around, I, I that's, okay. I mean, anyway. on ramps, don't don't go crazy on on ramps. Like, am I I'm the done. only one seeing
1: Michelle Pfeiffer from the second Batman movie with Michael Keaton, or is it just me?
0: Anyway, Ooh. um,
1: all right. Uh, Good Bryce had a question about tires oh. and wheels. He's buying a car. When, I'm trying to get us out of that discussion. <laughs> You're he's doing buying a, a car great job. with 15 uh, inch alloy standard. He says he's going to upgrade to uh, 19s for summer tires. So his question is about those 15s. Uh, you're thinking this through well, Bryce, in that you're going to get a, an absolutely dedicated pair of summer tires. be curious what car you're putting those 19s on if it comes with 15s. Uh, yeah, like 19s on a Miata, not a good idea, but I don't know what you're putting that on. So let's just say that those 19s are going to work great as summer tires on this vehicle, but you have 15s as the stockers, and what do you do with the winter tires? Should you stay the 15s, or should you upgrade to 17s? And I'm going to say for winter tires, smaller and cheaper is better. Just just stay there. And also, the thing about winter tires is winter tires are better when they're thinner, too. So you could go not only a larger rim but a wider rim for your 19s, depending. You need to shop smart, think about the dynamics of the car. All that stuff matters. Don't just go stupid. But you could go a slightly wider rim, slightly wider tire on your 19 summer tires. Your 15s don't go any wider. You could maybe even go down a a centimeter degree, whatever it is, 5 or 10, whatever the next jump is, depending on your tire size. I don't see any reason to upgrade for winter tires.
0: Agreed. And if uh, yeah, if you go the smaller size, you too can go get triangle tires, the Chinese-made, mm-hmm. not triangular-shaped tires, mind you. No, no, but triangles. That's the brand. Yes. Chinese, right? Made, Were they Chinese made, on made in, that uh, of yours? Made in,
1: made in pride, made with pride in China. Here are your <laughs> round triangle tires.
0: Yes. Endless, endless I'm comedy. so confused. If you have I'm triangle so confused. tires, endless yes. comedy. Uh, well, I would like to talk to a couple of people here. That's AJ and Joshua Booth. They both ask about the, the recent Lamar race, and mm-hmm. uh, Joshua particularly ties it to um, the brand and asks Do these races help promote the brands and make, th- make the general public, the perception of that brand, think that, ooh, they're sporty? Well, uh, AJ asks, really, just you know, what did we think of the twenty-four hours of Le Mans? I have a lot of thoughts here, and mm-hmm. if you aren't aware, in the LMP one class, Porsche took the win at the last moment from Toyota. Toyota mm-hmm. was last leading lap. the whole way with yep. at least a ninety-second lead. I mean, they were crushing the competition, crushing the yep. the front runner uh, from last year. Porsche was the winner last year, and Audi is the perennial. I mean. Audi, it's always been Audi at the front. They were being crushed by Toyota. And yes, I do think the perception, I think racing improves the breed. I think that the technology trickles down. Mercedes Formula One, I think the engine, the turbo technology that they're doing, I think that will find its way into passenger cars at some point. Yes, I think the perception ups the the perception and the brand stock price, if you will. I mean, what do you think, Joshua? Do you think now Toyotas are, wow, they've got some racing pedigree. Toyotas have massive racing pedigree. They've, sure they've they got do, a, yeah. a long list, not just on track and on road, but, the you know, remember Ivan Ironman Stewart, the, the off-road races. Sure. I mean, yeah, these yeah. are tough cars. And these the Toyotas were beating the Porsches. But my opinion is the LAMA is an endurance race. Yes, it's about speed, but the ultimate goal is... Is how much distance can you cover in twenty-four hours? It's taxing on drivers, equipment, Mm -hmm. the cars Mm -hmm. themselves. It is I think the world's premier race. But if you can't finish, you gotta win to finish. Gotta finish to win, I mean.
1: Finish to win, finish to win. Absolutely. Right. Win to finish. I I followed you. We all followed you, even though you got it back. Well, you're following me.
0: But but you you the fact that they broke down five Mm -hmm. minutes from the finish means they failed the endurance part of it, and yeah. so even though the Porsche guys felt terrible, and I went woohoo, Porsche won. <laughs> that's part of the equation. It's it's not about speed at that point. It is they got to keep running. Now Porsche had a car that that was you know not reliable either. They had their own share yeah. of problems. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely, definitely.
0: But you know, all said and done, it's an endurance race, and you've you've got to finish. You've I mean, yeah. that's that's the well, ultimate goal. Interesting on the perception thing. I would
1: say this. You know, let's be honest. The only people you win a race, and the only people that care are the enthusiasts already. So that's probably the only group you're actually going to affect. But I like your concept about what is interesting about racing. It's the same thing as you go to the moon, and what does it do? Well, that resulted in technology advances for your random things in your house. Uh, That actually does happen. There, exactly. Thank God, we went to the moon, and all we got was Velcro. (laughs) But no, but seriously, t-shirt. The, oh my gosh,
0: that's a T-shirt! <laughs> yeah, we're, we're building up our
1: our, our portfolio. Wow. But um, but here's the thing: it it is that that trickle down of technology and understanding. I think that matters more to the general public, ultimately, whether they realize it or not. Than oh, I want to buy. I'm not going to buy a camera because you won a Lamar or lost Lamar. That's irrelevant. No, it's irrelevant. True, true. However. I want to say the Toyota thing was tragic, but it was classic endurance racing, as, as awful mm-hmm. as it was. It's mm-hmm. classic endurance racing. And this is going to sound terrible, but I have to say because Le Mans itself is so hard on everything and because it has so many of those tragedy stories in it where it's like we almost pulled it off, I was worried that what happened to Toyota was going to be the end of the, must, of the Ford GT story. Mm, i c- mm. cannot believe that the ford gt pulled off came back money no object but let's try this again and got a 134 in the yeah. 50th anniversary yeah. of their one two three i honestly expected call me you know a suspicious guy but uh i honestly expected that le Mans at some point was just going to throw them a total wrench and spit them out i was expecting mm. what happened to toyota to be what happens to ford randomly because you know Random cars hit random cars. I mean, the weirdest things happen at Le Mans and change the standings. And I was fearing that was going to happen to the four GTs. I am shocked they came back and pulled off a 1-3-4. Congrats to them, but wow.
0: Yeah, and that's the opposite story. That's the, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. They they didn't have any guarantees. Their season no. started pretty terribly. And yeah. they had a massive crash at Spa-Francorchamps coming up um um, what's the first, uh, I can't remember, the first corner coming up at high speed. They, they had a massive crash there.
1: Was it Source or was um, it, it was, no, it was AuxRouge, top of AuxRouge, yeah. AuxRouge, Rouge, thank you, yeah, yes. Yeah. He, he came He came through the kink oh. in Rouge, yeah, I'm remembering it now, and and Monster just crash. tried to decimate the tire wall, just tried to take yeah. it with him. Yeah. yeah, it was unbelievably awful. Gosh. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, that, and that's the, the opposite. That's the, you know, the homecoming story. They mm-hmm. did it. They pulled it off yeah. with no guarantees. I mean, they were they were struggling through the first part of the season, and they did it. Holy moly! Yeah, amazing. I, really true. Fantastic. So, yes, I, I think the technology trickles down, but I, I do take your point that you know, you know, hey, Camry's racing NASCAR. Awesome. That means my Camry has a V eight with a carburetor. No. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> These
1: things are not the same.
0: Where's my? No, it's that you version? want. Sir. I'm sorry,
1: sir. You can't have that. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs>
0: Awesome, awesome. All right, uh, probably time for one more before we wrap things up here.
1: Okay, I have a fairly quick one. Uh, Angelo wrote in and said, Talk me into and out of a Mitsubishi Evo 10. Okay, let's start with the bad. Seating position is not good. Now, seats are great, but seating position is not good. Interior quality is army man grade. So uh, here, welcome to hard plastic. Where did my 40 grand go and got an interior like this? The, um, the digital readouts on the screen, depending upon the year you get, can be laughable. Uh, the trunk actually is a rolling automotive joke. You have a backpack, you have filled the trunk. I mean, it's unbelievable how awful the trunk is. Uh, And the wing on the GSR is, awfully look at me. These are the downsides. The upsides are, it is, oh, I'm sorry, also on downsides, turbo lag. Below 2,000 RPMs, uh, people on bicycles will pass you. Um, So that's the downsides. Upsides, once it is on boost, you've got to be kidding me, this is cool. Turn in is amazing. You will learn how throttle changes everything about how you turn an all-wheel drive car. The dual clutch transmission, if you go that route, is one of the best in the industry, and it's in that car? What is that about? The MR with the lip instead of the big wing is much better looking, as are those BBS wheels. Uh, The seats themselves are great, and it is just flat out fun.
0: Angelo, downsides. Shutting a door is uh, actually worse than dropping an empty tuna can in the trash. It sounds terrible. (laughs) Mitsubishi started with an economy car to build this thing. They started with their cheapest economy car, the the most cheaply built, lack of everything,
1: and (laughs) then screwed all the hardware to it. Yeah, I see where
0: you're going. Service costs, they can't be good. And it's gonna be hard to find (laughs) one that hasn't been beat into submission and just, yeah, tracked possibly and driven very hard so it's going to be tough to find one that has just kind of been puttered around. Because what do you do in an Evo X? You get it and you rev it to redline every single time, All, everywhere right, you go. This,
1: and the service interval is really fast. Those in the GTR sell those really rapid Ooh. service intervals. It's a great point. You're right.
0: However, <laughs> this car has got to be one of the most fun to drive. You're going to have a smile, a just idiot grin. And people are going to say, how old are you? I mean, really? The, the Ricer car, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you're going to lament the fact that they are discontinued, Mitsubishi. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? You've you've left us cold, as enthusiasts, and as I'd like to say, nobody says, "Hey, let's go to the Mitsubishi dealership on a Saturday morning, and go shopping," because they don't <laughs> Sad have product. But true.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But this car, the way it drives, and Todd's described it very accurately, from from steering feel. And understanding what the car is doing. So all that lack of sound deadening and the fact that it is kind of an e- economy car to begin with is mm-hmm, going to make mm-hmm. the mechanicals very obvious and apparent. This is a very mechanical car, and you're going to feel that through the right up through the chair. And so yeah, you're going to yeah. understand more about when you do something at a smaller level, You'd have to do that in other cars at a, a large – you'd have to turn the wheel more. You'd have to give it sure, more throttle input sure. or or yank the car through a corner harder to get a, a certain feel out of it. Whereas the Evo is almost fingertip. It's so mm, communicative. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, There's yeah, so yeah.
0: much information coming through. And this, from an all-wheel drive, heavy front-nose car. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Differences. Interesting.
1: And hey, I like that. I like the. That's a fun way to do that. The talk me in and talk I, me out of. That's, I that's it. cool.
0: I like. That. We should very, do that for multiple cars. You know that yeah. multiple enthusiast cars.
1: Welcome to what will happen to uh, to the Facebook questions from now on. But thank you, guys, for, for putting in so many. And we thank you for listening to the podcast. If you haven't rated it yet on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening, you can even find us on Google Play now, though I'm not sure how you rate. But those ratings are what are helping us grow and climb and more people find us. And every week people are writing to us and saying they've just found the podcast, and that is due to you rating and it getting a, a high ranking. So thank you so much for that. We really greatly appreciate it. We appreciate the same for videos. We're trying to put those out just about every Thursday. This coming Thursday, we don't have a podcast, but we do have the latest video from our European correspondent, Thomas. And that's a really fun one, so we're looking forward to you seeing that. And, of course, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you're looking, you can find us, Everyday Driver, including on Instagram.
0: I have my answer. I think cute girls would not join you in a Corolla. So, therefore, you'd still have to have another car besides a Corolla. So any car besides a Corolla.
1: I see you digging yourself out there. Well done.
0: Okay. I'm really trying. I mean, I'm using just – I'm grabbing onto anything I can find. Anyway, (laughs) thank you, guys. (laughs) EverydayDriver.com, the pilgrimage adventure. Come with us. We really do want you there. And the Chicago Track Day, check it out, EverydayDriver.com. And keep the debates coming. We're looking for your debates on the website or EverydayDriverTV at Gmail, as Todd has mentioned. Bring it. Keep it coming. Thanks for your support. Talk to you in a week. Thanks, guys.